Hey guys, welcome to Treat Up Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Atwood. Hey everyone, I want to take just a minute before the show and talk to you about Treat Up Community. Now this is a squirrel dog community and while I am not the best at posting pictures and videos to my page when I'm out, I've taken a suggestion from my wife and started up Treat Up Community. Now this is where anyone can post pictures, videos, ask questions, make show suggestions of whether it be names that you would like to hear on the show or topics that you want to see covered. Take time and check that out. You'll get an invitation. When you do, you can accept new members, so please take time and interact with that. Also, if you live in the Missouri area, please check out Henry County Kerr and Vice Club. Now, this is a fairly new club. I had a listener reach out to me about these guys. They've had a few hunts, and they've got a few more scheduled for this fall. They're located in the Henry County Fox Hunter Association Clubhouse, so if you live in that area or you're going to be in that area, please take time and check those guys out. Thank you guys so much for listening. Now, let's turn this over to Mr. Jared Hughes. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Treat Up Podcast. Thank you guys for listening tonight. Um, If you guys uh, are comfortable, we're going to travel down to Louisiana and talk to Mr. Jared Hughes. And, Jared, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. If you can, go ahead and introduce yourself to these guys. Yeah, Kevin, I appreciate you having me on. Well, like I say, my name's Jared Hughes. Uh, I'm located up here in northwest Louisiana, kind of tucked up here by south Arkansas and northeast Texas. And uh, I live in a little town called Houghton, Louisiana. My day job, I'm a wildlife biologist for Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. And my main job is I'm a WMA supervisor, which WMA is a wildlife management area. And I supervise five WMAs that we have in our region, and uh, that keeps me pretty busy. Uh, It's close to 45,000 acres we manage through those five WMAs. Wow, I would say that. keeps us busy. Pretty interesting job. You know, I tell a lot of people, ask me how I like my job. I I usually reply, it's better than a real job, and I hope I never have to really get one. I hear you. I hear you. While you're talking about land, have you looked, and you may not even have checked yet, but or been in the woods much but how's how's your mass production looking it's it's a little behind uh we had a a late freeze come in about march and uh really knocked some leaves back off the trees and kind of stuttered some of those acorns that were developing most what i'm seeing are probably you know 60 percent uh the size they should normally be uh we've been in a severe drought for the past month and a half and we had about two weeks of over 100 degree temperatures and uh stuff was starting to look like i was i was getting really scared we're fixing to start casting all their acorns uh but we've got some recent rains here scattered rains the past week or two i think stuff's going to hold on and and maybe go on out and develop and and start dropping at the right time let's hope so i was starting to really get get worried because we're coming off two i think it's two or two or three years ago now uh, we had what I called the snow apocalypse come through, and we had snow on the ground here for two weeks, and uh, a lot of places without power. And I was training a couple of dogs for some people that t- during that time, and uh, had one of the dogs brought me two frozen squirrels. Oh, and, gotcha. uh, that next year, people were just you know couldn't find squirrels. Yeah, you know they're all hitting me up about disease, and I think what happened that that our squirrels just not used to that kind of that cold weather and that's especially the snow on the ground not be able to get the food and it it took out a big chunk of squirrels in our area for sure oh yeah i'm sure they weren't prepared for that um no well one of the first questions i want to ask you is uh when it comes to you why why squirrel dogs what got you into the squirrel dogs well i'd have to say it'd be my boys i uh you know being young and when i was before i was married i traveled all over duck hunting uh deer hunting all over you know midwest and stuff like that and as my boys started to get a little older i I did retriever training training and all that did hunt tests and then um once my last lab passed away i said well you know i I had some buddies that had some squirrel dogs we went out with them a few times i said well that's that's the direction i'm gonna go and you know my last dog passes and so we went on the search looked through some internet photos of dogs and my oldest boy chase he um picked out he seen the yellow kimmerkers and he that's what he he said he wanted we went and shopped around and a couple kennels and uh we finally we found a kennel over in east louisiana with miss Lori taylor she had a litter on the ground we went over there and uh visited with her she she had a litter of pups opened up that kennel door they bailed out one of them jumped in the mud puddle and ran straight and jumped on chase he <laughs> said i want this one 
and the other puppies just kind of ran ran away and that one came straight to us so he he uh he picked that one and uh i'd say he picked the right one because i got super lucky with him wow that's awesome and you've pretty much have you pretty much stuck to the cameras from then on yeah i've had um a few puppies since then uh, i've started and sold all turned out to be really good tree dogs just going with Bo, he's he's kind of set the bar pretty high what i'm I'm looking for the next bow or, or yeah. better, you know, or not, like I say, there's nothing wrong with the other dogs I had. Just he's, he was, he's on a different level for that. But yeah, I've kind of like, I like the cameras. I got a lot of brains, big nose to them. So I'm kind of, and I've got some puppies now off a of bow, a male and a female here. And I sold the rest and they're all doing really well. We had a breeding last year to a female and they, all those dogs turned out phenomenal. All those guys, those pups will be two years old this next spring. So they'll be, about a year and a half old this hunting season, and they're already on a list for the next breeding to get a puppy. Oh wow, that's great! Now, Bo was he the was he the dog that, that the first dog you got was that the pup? Yes, yes, Bo Bo was. I call him Bud. Calls Bo Jangles is his registered name. And you said he he turned out great. So what what did you do to get? Did you did he just naturally start, or did you? What did you he, have to do to help natural, him along? I got super lucky. So yeah, he just natural taught me you know he's taught me more about squirrel dogs than anything and i just yeah fortunate my very first one was him to start natural like that because i didn't know what i was doing you know I, you read as much as you can and go with as much people as you can to try to learn but uh and i didn't realize the ability he had until i've messed with several pups since him and uh yeah he was just a supernatural dog i just exposed him to as much as i could early at an early age and you know, as a puppy, is summertime, I'd put them on the side by side, and I didn't realize at the time, you know, I'd have them what they call rigging now, you know, riding in the back of the side by side. Well, he'd start barking. Well, I'd stop, and all of a sudden, he'd tear out there, and he'd, boy, he'd go treeing squirrels, and he was just five, four, four or five months old wow. doing that. He was just winding those squirrels, and then, you know, it took me a while to, to realize what I had, especially yeah. once I got my hands on some other dogs. But, yeah, he was a pure, pure natural dog. I mean, I think the third day... Um, I had them at home. I did a little scent drag, got a big open front yard and a couple big scattered trees. I drug a little scent, a uh, dead squirrel through there and hung it up, went back, got him out of the kennel, and just kind of walked him out in the yard and let him find the trail. And boy, he hit it and put his nose down and stayed on it straight up and reared up on that tree and looked up and kind of made one little yip. And he wasn't, but uh, I think he was nine weeks old then. Wow. And then the next day, I kind of had just a little squirrel tail on the string you see people doing, and he was barking up. You know, I, at the time, I thought I was doing all the right things, but yeah. luckily, you know, he was so good. Yeah, I don't think I could have messed him up. But yeah. Kimmer dogs, yes, are, do they do they rely, obviously, I suppose they do, rely on a lot of their nose. I believe every dog will use its eyes and ears for the most part, but... Sounds like yeah, from what you're telling me, um, Kimmer have a strong nose. You're right, and, uh, and a lot of people that's where they're kind of nose known for is their their nose got big wind winding ability. And I've watched Bo so many times. And at that first year hunting, I would see him watch him on the GPS running, hunting, you know, zigzagging back and forth, and all of a sudden carry out a straight line at 180 degrees. And I would think he was running the deer. And a couple times I probably could have ruined him. You know, I gave yeah. him a little bit of juice thinking he was. But he was winding squirrels, and I'd watched him go 150, 200 yards and then fall a tree. I didn't really, you know, this to see that nose, and I've, did, I've seen him do it so many times since then. Where I live on one of my WMAs, it's 34,000 acres. We've got a cypress swamp here, and a lot of times you'll hunt along that swamp edge, and I've seen him wind squirrels 200 yards out from dry land out in the wow. middle of cypress street. And you know there's squirrels not, you know, he's not hitting tracks, and yeah. he does that, and I— one day I took an older gentleman and he didn't come out of the water. We just kept treeing squirrel after squirrel and we were staying in knee deep water. He said, I've never seen a dog do this. It just goes to his winning ability. Now that that's impressive. So I was going to ask, do you get any slick trees when he's using his nose or the squirrel's not there? Not very many times. If he barks and he sticks, you're going to see, you're going to see a squirrel. Okay. Um, and hit when the squirrels are down on the ground, he's, he's magic. I mean, he's, he's going to tree as fast as you can shoot him out. He runs over there, crunches the head, and I tell him roll out. And he'll by the time you can get that one stuffed, he's going to be whether it's 50 yards or 600 yards. He's going to be treated within two minutes somewhere, you know, under the minute. You know, he's he's quick. He's wow. a real fast paced dog. So is he a deep hunting dog? Does he go pretty deep for you? He can be. Um, you know, when I was first first getting him going, um, you know, there was some local competition stuff going around. Had never seen one go. Didn't really know a lot about it. So, you know, talking to the, a lot of the pleasure hunters and, and hunting with other buddies, 
uh, I kind of kept him reined in that, that first year hunting. If he got out there 150, 200 yards, I'd kind of tone him back, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd keep him just keep him come checking back. Well, uh, once I went out with a couple friends and, and seen how the competition thing went, then I learned, huh, well, I kind of, I'm going to do this. So we can't be doing it, you know, that way. We, you need to let that dog go as far as it needs to go or just keep hunting is the main thing. You don't want them to keep coming, checking back, stay hustling yeah. and, and until you, you know, come up tree. So yeah, we, there was some, some adapting I had to do once I decided that I wanted to do. And, and after that first year, I kind of re- really realized, well, he does have the potential. I mean, he, he cut him loose and it was just amazing how fast he could be treated at such a young age and, and find the squirrels. And he was always, you know, pretty accurate, uh, very seldom. If you didn't see a squirrel, it was because it timbered out or it was a den. Uh, I think the very last day of squirrel season, uh, his first year, I think he was just under 11 months old. We shot 19 squirrels out to him in about an hour and a half. And we were literally running for tree to tree and uh and and i even had first time i seen he treed one we shot the squirrel out and he run back up in there retreat again and i thought well he's just stuck well now we end up shooting three more squirrels out of that one tree he he knew he knew to stick there i guess you know each squirrel has its own individual scent he knew there was more than that one just there that's great now when you were when you were working with him and you said he was in the beginning you were toning him back when you thought he was maybe going a little bit too deep how did that affect him when he would come back in when he would after being toned back in did he respond to that okay as far as being toned back in yeah, he wouldn't come in. He'd come back in and just to where he could see you, and he'd check in, look at you, and, you know, you just tell him get ahead, and he'd take off back hunting. You know, I, he would never come right back to my feet or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. I just kind of, he'd check in, you know, and a lot of the dogs do that naturally. Yeah. You know, some of these, you have to, you know, push them, keep yeah. them going, let them know it's okay, stay out there, you know. I, I, I've, of course, like I said, I hunt a feist. He doesn't range that far out, but occasionally he'll go a little ways. And I've, I've all, you know, wondered about toning him back too much and just trying to draw him in how he would react to that. Fortunately, I've not ever had that issue really. So I, I was curious as to how he would respond to that. I think you've got a, are you, do you have another pup you're working with now? Yeah, I've got three pups right now. I've got uh, two pups off a of bow, a male and a female, and then I've got a, a dog from Ducey Dakota here, uh, a Hummer dog off his razor male and his really good female, Gracie. And I'm hoping hoping they're showing a lot of potential. It's like I said, it's been super hot here, dry. Squirrels have kind of moved closer to water. But uh, if you move closer to water here, you're going to move closer to snakes. I've already had them bit twice, two of the oh. puppies this year by cotton mouse and, and it's hard for those little puppies to stay on tracks when it gets that dry you know and just kind of keep them acclimated as much, best as i can we'll, we'll do a little road hunt when it's hot and i don't feel like walking through the woods so yeah we'll get on the side of the side run down run down the uh, roads and they come across a squirrel great if not you know it's just keeping them busy yeah yeah that's i think putting them on the game is if you can find it of course right now it's you know, probably sounds like it may be a little difficult but with your with this pup now without giving away all your secrets w- what are you doing right now to to bring him along well like i say we just got lucky here um a couple of weeks ago we got our first little rain then we had a little cool snap come through so so i felt i got off my lazy butt and i said man we're gonna, we're gonna instead of road road hunt we're gonna go walk through the woods so you know just took them out on that cool morning and you talk about a complete difference in those puppies i mean they went to hunt you know before they're kind of hot and humid and mm-hmm. hanging around your feet you know they may run out there and win something run back to you but um, they stayed busy the whole time, so I was like, all right, that's what we need. We just need some cooler weather, and mm-hmm. these pups are going to be kicked along. But, you know, it's just exposing them and trying to put them on the game as much as you can. Take them when the game, you know, game's going to be moving. But, you know, that always doesn't fit everybody's schedule. You know, yeah. you, you got to take them when go. Um, the more you put them in the woods, the better off they're going to be. Expose them to, you know, everything you can expose them to before you get out there and, you know, do the real deal of taking them hunting in the big woods, you know, during the season. I don't have any techniques, you know, I – when I was training labs, I, I went with as many different trainers as I could go with, and I took little tips and their little techniques, and I kind of built my own little way of training my own dogs and kind of did the same thing with squirrel. You know, go with a bunch of different buddies and see how they do, you know, certain things, and mm-hmm. you figure out what works for you and what works for the dog, you know. Yeah. Being able to read a dog and read a puppy, that's one of the biggest things, I think, you know, to know how you can bring, you know, the most potential out of that puppy. Yeah, um, just seeing those little bitty things to work with. Yeah, I talked to a guy a while back, and actually, I'll probably have him on the show. But he, you know, he told me he said the one biggest mistake that he sees people make just not taking the dog enough and then expecting too much too early. Right. You know, you don't keep right. that dog in the woods. And he used a horse, and you know, he said you don't go buy a horse and just never ride it and then expect that horse to act right the first time you get on him. You know, you've got to keep them exposed <laughs> to what you want them to do. 
Right. And that and makes a lot of sense. On, and heard on several of these podcasts and some, you know, on the Facebook thing of people talking about being selective who their puppies go to. And, and, and rightfully so. You mm-hmm. you know, you put a lot of effort in these dogs and you want to put them in the hands of the person that's going to give it the most potential, you know. Absolutely. You're, you're blessed with a child that's got, you know, athletic ability. You want to send them to the best colleges you can so you can get the most, they'll get the most potential out of them. And, you know, an exposure is no different with these puppies. Oh, yeah. You know, people feelings hurt, but you got to look at it from the breeder standpoint, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you'll get kiddled up. You'll never know. I mean, I'm, I was in the same position, you know, I was afraid, hesitant to breed Bo at first, you know, but I realized, all right, he's, he's a good enough dog. He's worth breeding to. And then, you know, the first litter, all seven puppies turned out great. I was like, all right, now I kind of want to do a second litter just to see. And the second litter is looking phenomenal. I uh, texted him back and forth with a friend last night. They got a puppy and at four months of age, it was already treeing squirrels and ran a deer 600 yards one day and then fell treed and stayed there 15 minutes at, you know, five months old. I said, man, you can't ask for any better. Man, um, that's... So I'm kind of excited. It seems like he might be a little bit of a reproducer. And so uh, yeah, that's what you got to do. I'm, you know, I had to select people that I wanted to see get puppies and um, that I knew that would fool with them. And that's what's, you know, good feedback for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think the same guy also told me, you know, he's, he said, you, you hear of a finished dog, but and, and he's hunted dogs for years, but he said that dog is learning from the time you get him to the first time you take him to the day he leaves this world behind. That dog is learning something every time he goes. Uh, exactly. Most of the time, he said, you know, you can get them what they call finished out and, and they're doing everything you want them to do, but, that, you know, it's just like anybody else. He's That dog's going to continue to learn the more you take him. He's going to figure something else out and, and put it yep. together. Right. But I hear all the time, you hear so much now about these pups starting at four months old. And I, I think back to when I was re- a lot younger. I don't know. I guess I can go back 20 years, but it just seemed like everybody, you, everybody wanted to buy that started dog. But you think about now, four or five months is not a long time for a pup. It, it doesn't take long after you get a pup to start seeing some results, and that's really encouraging. As if, like yeah. I said, if you're getting them in the right hands. And I think we're I think we're pushing stuff a little too quick with a lot of these dogs. You know, you used to seeing a lot of these dogs. You, you don't see anybody that's you know with the dogs just kind of coming along at the normal pace. You always mm-hmm. see these little superstar and these little yeah. freak puppies on the Facebook, and also everybody thinks their dog needs to be a freak, but yeah. you know that's just not. So, yeah, I think we've we've kind of sped things up a little bit too much, and we gotta every so often I gotta do the same thing. I got all right, you know, chill out. Pups, yeah. they're just pups, you know. Yeah, a pup. He, you you can have your highest high with a dog one minute, and that same dog the next minute, you don't want to take him to the house. Yeah, he's I gonna mean, disappoint you. That's, I've uh, heard from guys that's been doing dog tree dog stuff a lot longer than I have, you know, and then have a dog that just came along, you know, at a year and a half, two years of age, and just end up being just one of the greatest they've ever had, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think in today's time, we just we don't have that patience. We really we live in a fast paced world. Everything's so fast paced now. We want, you know, you got so so much limited time now to fool with a pup, you know. And I think yeah. people just get frustrated quick. You see a lot of dog trading going on for sure. Oh yeah, I think there, there's a good interview out there with Tim Cosby, and I'll never forget what he said. I think I may have told you, but he said a lot of times the, the second owner of that pup ends up with a pretty good dog because somebody yep. just lost patience with him. And I, right. I, you have to keep that in mind, even if it's a you may get a year old dog, and he yeah he's a year old, but nobody's worked with him much. You know, somebody's had him out a time or two and just really not fooled with him. And that dog, yep. next thing you know, he figures yep. it out. As a matter of fact, you told me a a story. I think the other night we was on the phone about a dog you took out and was smelling the squirrel and just kind of acted shy of it. And then he turned yeah. around and yeah. made a dog. Yeah. That puppy was, uh, I think he was seven, eight months old. Just kind of took him on hunting one evening with Bo. I usually don't like to hunt multiple dogs. Um, especially puppies, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll hunt them together, put them in the woods together until one of them starts showing they're going to be treed. Then I, then I start singling them out and then I, they're going to stay, you know, hunt them alone. But I took this little puppy with us and we were shooting out some squirrels and, had one tree, had two squirrels into it, and uh, we shot one, knocked it down, wounded it, and the other one timbered out. Well, Bo timbered with that that squirrel and went over there and retreated about 80 yards away. Well, this one fell to the ground and was still walking, and I had that, finally got that puppy over there. It went about three or four feet up that tree, and I said, oh, this is perfect. That pup's going to run up. That pup run up there and stretched out his nose and legs as far as he could to smell it, got his nose right on it, and then ran and got right back up under my feet. And I said, look at this mess. I said, you got to be kidding me. A bunch of people around that guy. Said, well, that puppy, he's scared of that squirrel. I said, oh, I just want to crawl in the hole. Yeah. Well, two days later, I load that same puppy up by himself, take him to the woods, and he fires out of that kennel, or that dog box, and goes to hunting and treeing squirrels. And from that day on forward, he, he tree machine. 
Uh, I sold them, ended up selling them to a, a boy down in uh, South Texas down there, and he went to killing the fire out of squirrels with that dog. Uh, as soon as he got them, it made me happy to see. But it just, you know, just little bitty things like that, just flip the switch on a dog, you know, just getting that one right squirrel or scenario. I've just seen it so many times. It's, that's what makes all those, you know, frustrating days out in the woods with them puppies worth it. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, and I love I love starting them. I like working with them. Again, I'm not a trainer or a handler by any means, but there's something about watching a pup learn that that's that's part of it, you know. But yep. I, uh, what's what's the hunting like down there in Louisiana? Are you uh, do you have a lot of just wetland swamp or? It, it's pretty diverse habitat up here. So what we've got we got a mixed hardwood pine, um, and then we've got some bottomland stuff mixed uh, mixed in. I'm pretty close to the Red River, so we've got the Red River Valley, and we call it the. Uh, river bottoms uh you'll get more that's going to be more fox squirrel territory but up mm-hmm. here in the hills and you know hardwood pine we've got uh you know a mixture of mostly gray, gray squirrels and then we got you know some fox squirrels mixed in um like I say, i've got uh, my biggest wma is thirty-four thousand acres and it's a, a flood control project by the u.s army corps of engineers they built a big dam so uh, they dammed up a bayou to prevent uh, there's an air force base just south of us here and that's kind of to prevent some of that from flooding and, uh, it's got a cypress swamp on it, but it's also got, I've got big fields. I've got 400 acres of fields and I've got, uh, you know, big steep ridges with white oaks and hickories. And, uh, it's got the most diverse habitat of any, probably any WMA we've got in the state. We also provide a lot of, of dog day opportunity also hunt with dogs for squirrels and rabbits. And a few years ago, the department, you know, we're, you know, starting to see a trend. You're, you're losing that small game hunter. Um, mm-hmm. Deer hunting's chain. Um, it's kind of mainstream, big buck. You know, everybody's managing, wanting, you know, go that route and hunt for the trophy deer, you know, air oh, quotes. Yeah. So we, we looked for opportunities um, where we could expand uh, more hunting hunting days for small game hunters. And we did that where we could. Um, so my biggest area here, bod call. It's a deer season. It starts at the end of October, and it runs through the end of November. And then December, January, and February are open to dogs with squirrels and rabbits uh, and coon. Okay. And no rifle season. Now, there's some, you know, sprinkle in a few bow hunters. But by the time you get to Thanksgiving, most of the deer hunters are quit. So uh, that's why we looked, okay, we can, first of December, we can open up that small game dog hunting and uh it's been people people like it you oh know, yeah that's, that's three solid three solid months of a place to run a dog and you know i have to worry about bumping into deer hunters and stuff and it's worked out pretty good that you, you have some some friends you hunt with down there are they camera guys or what are what are your yeah, other guys that's kind of how I, I yeah that's kind of how i got turned on the camera i had a couple of buddies that had some camera dogs and um i didn't like you know i knew of feist and all that like i say i didn't know all the different squirrel dogs when I first got into it. And so I just kind of, they had really good dogs. So I said, well, I might as well stick what I know is going to be pretty good. So that's what I went after and been pretty happy. Like I say, uh, both probably one of the, of all the dogs I've owned, he's definitely one of the smartest I've, I've ever put my hands on. Um, what did he, what was his bloodline? He, uh, he goes back to a lot of gold with well, a gold nugget stuff. And, uh, that's kind of one of the more popular stuff. I, I yeah. honestly, I, I hate to, tell you the history of these cameras i've kind of like say i'm riding the coattails of a lot of good breeders and yeah. guys keeping those lines going I, I try to absorb and learn as much about the cameras as i can and i, I enjoy reading that stuff but uh and that, yeah, robert Kimmer, i guess you know pulled his he, he had a stock of dogs and kind of had it wasn't liking some things going on in the omcba and then uh in the early 90s started the Kimmer stock uh breeders association and started his own registry so um now you've got like I say, Kimmer's got their own registry of dogs and keeping those, trying to get those pure dogs out there and keep them, yeah. keep them going. Yeah, I know we talked about that the other night uh, on the phone. Is that uh, worried that um, if we don't get the younger kids involved, these bloodlines are going to eventually, you're going to see less and less of them. And I know, like you just said, you know, you got to kind of be, you hate to be that way, but you got to kind of watch where these dogs go because you, you do want that to continue and you want the dogs to be hunted and you want to do the dog justice. Uh, it's more than just a dog. I mean, this is, you know, you're, you're, you're continuing a legacy with all this and you just want to see it continue and keeping those kids involved and get them interested at the youngest age possible is so, so major. That's exactly right. I, and that's what I, I like to do, the competition thing. Uh, I enjoy the camaraderie with the other guys. I like seeing other good dogs work. But, you know, after I go to a competition on Saturday, Sunday evening, we're going to go on a kill hunt with some kids. And 
I try to find as many kids as I can take poss- possible. And uh, we had uh, me and a friend of mine, Shane Mason, last year, uh, Josh Michaelis, come down from Joy Dog Feed. And we did a little hunt that evening and had a customer come by. I sold the Joy Dog Feed and had a customer come by and pick up some dog feed. And they'd been out rabbit hunting all day long. And uh, I knew that boy had been wanting to go squirrel hunting. And I said, well, did y'all kill any rabbits? Oh, Dogs ran one rabbit, but we didn't get to kill it. And I said, well, what are y'all doing this evening? That boy standing behind his daddy just shaking his head as hard, yes, as hard as he could. And I said, well, y'all need to run home, get your guns, and go squirrel hunt with his daddy. He said, oh, man, I'm tired. I said, daddy, look at that boy's face right there. He wants to go squirrel hunt. So anyways, he ran home. They got back. We went and turned dogs loose. I told young boys, I said, look, it's a little early. Me and Shane cut them. I said, it's, you know, it ain't quite squirrel 30. I said, it's early, but we might get a tree or two in. Well, bow fired and they're probably about 400 yards and made the first tree and it, i think that first one was a den but anyway he made it and i think shane's dog traveler made another tree made a couple quick trees there and that boy turned around after about two or three trees to his daddy he said daddy we getting rid of them rabbit dogs we getting us a squirrel dog boy that made my ear <laughs> yeah. absolutely the joy. he was fired up i mean it was and it was one of those evenings both dogs were staying treed as fast as we could get to them and knock out squirrels so when you can get those kids out there doing that and they're having a blast, they ain't sitting in a deer stand, having to be quiet and you tell them oh, to shut yeah. up, you know, don't kick the deer stand. That to me is what it's about, you know. And for my boys, when I was starting them out, a big game changer, they used to like to race each other to the tree and see who could get there first. Oh, yeah. Well, then you get there and they've seen the squirrel and then you're doing, well, let's up, go up the tree and this, that branch. Well, when I finally bought them green laser pointers, oh, that was a game changer. <laughs> That's a pretty <laughs> then, good idea. They fight running. They're trying to get there as fast as they can, and they'll point it out. And you just put that green laser on there. There he is, Daddy. You know, and then now I'm oldest. He's big enough. He can tow the gun, and he's shooting them out. But, uh, yeah, that was that was another game changer for them, having them little, each one of them a little. You know, and it works for the older people, too. You, know, yeah. you take new people that have They don't really, you know, you kind of get a, a knack for finding those squirrels once you've been doing it for a while. But mm-hmm. you take take somebody hadn't done it a whole lot it's hard for them to find them and pick out that ear you know sticking up so oh. you just take that green laser you say right there there he is and you just, or here just aim at that green dot and bam you know? oh yeah that's that's he actually a great idea he i've never thought about he's that. one of those in their vest absolutely i've never thought about that we i, I think yeah, we talked off amazon for ten dollars yeah that's that's i'll have to do that because we we talked the first podcast i did i guess we talked about the thermal imagers and i think yep. I, I bought yep. one I bought, I bought one of the lower grade thermal imagers which it works great not so much this time of year but when it gets cold yeah. but uh, the laser pointer you know like i said if you've got a hunting buddy with you and you're trying to point that thing out that laser pointer would come in real handy go ahead and get you a couple of them because you're gonna lose one it's gonna fall out but yeah i keep a couple of my vest and it uh, they're pretty handy we use them you know we use them in the competitions a lot too to point out the squirrel to the judge when somebody sees it and you know you can find a lot quicker and put your binoculars on it but oh yeah definitely definitely anybody that's ever hunted with me that didn't have one they they got it in their vest now absolutely you you talked about coon hunting did you ever coon hunt your dogs your squirrel dogs i i haven't um now bow tree he has treated a many a daytime layup coon uh and uh-huh. i really honestly think he wants to be a coon dog but oh, wow. i kind of kind of got on my mission I, I you know he's made squirrel champion i really want to get him to grand squirrel champion uh but that is his kryptonite if he hits a coon track He's going to grub that thing. It's going to be a cold track from the night. You know, that if we cut out early in a competition, he's going to just, he's, he's got coon on his mind from there on. And it's, it's aggravated the tar out of me. We had a hunt in May and we cut him loose. He ran out there, fired off like he always does. And boy, he turned inside out about 75 yards, put his nose to the ground, sniffing. I said, Oh gosh, here we go. And sure enough, it, we walked, end up walking past him. And uh, it was a coon track. And then from there on, the next hour and a half, he spent up and down that creek. There is about the time kits should have been hit the ground too, so he had coon on his mind. And uh, I haven't. Uh, I am I lucky enough to get a grand title, and then I think I'll, I'll coon hunt a little bit tonight. They're actually having a little Kimmer coon hunt over in uh, West Mississippi tonight or tomorrow night. Uh, I, I, I sure wanted to go, but I don't want to turn bow on to coons as as much as possible. But some guys do it, and, and it could be just all in my head, but. I just don't want to encourage as much. I have shot plenty of coons out to him, and that probably yeah. didn't help. But oh uh, yeah, yeah. He trees. He's treated many a coon. Oh yeah. Now talking about shooting them out. Do you do you shoot out all your squirrels, your dog trees, if you can find them? Yeah. Um, typically, if I'm going on a kill hunt, especially if I got people with me. Now, if I'm just going to cut loose to get ready and uh, for competition coming up you know i I might shoot out one uh maybe the last tree or something like that first or the last tree or something you know Mm -hmm. but 
and I'm always usually during the week or something I'm scouting places for us to have a uh, cast for a competition hunt. So I don't like to shoot a lot of squirrels in. I'll usually yeah. save some other spots. We like to go kill. I had a gentleman. Some people shoot out as many and some, some people don't shoot out any squirrels and some people shoot out every squirrel they see. I, yeah. I don't know the difference it makes. Honestly, I mean, I, I went, I take my dog over to, uh, it's, it's army Corps property, but it's, it's horse trails. I, I don't hunt him over there. It's more or less. I just walk him through there and, and I don't, I don't carry a gun. I just kind of let him run out and, tree a few squirrels along the way but uh and i was talking to a guy that seen me a little while back and he asked me about that he's like man don't, don't that mess your dog up you know not ever shooting a squirrel out to him and i tell him i said well occasionally when we're hunting you know i definitely shoot them out to him but uh right now i'm just kind of letting him work and I, and I said i can't really answer your question i said i don't really know if but in the competition hunt you never shoot a squirrel out but have you ever do you think that affects a dog in any way not shooting you know, not shooting the squirrel out, but obviously in competitions, I think they stay pretty good and didn't pay attention to it. But what's your opinion there? Yeah, I, I think if you give them enough praise on the tree, you know, tell them good boy. Some dogs, some dogs have probably never had a competition. Dogs have never had a squirrel shot out to them. And, you know, tree and tree is what's in their DNA and that's what they love. And mm-hmm. they're fine with that. So they never get rewarded with a squirrel and they're still tree. And I, I, you can't, you can't argue with it. No. No, I, I, I point on that. What about the Kimmer dogs? Are they a, are they a pretty hard tree dog? Are they a both feet on the tree, stay on the tree dog? You, you see, and and I kind of, you know, being Bo, that was my first dog. That's kind of where I messed up with him on. He's not tight to, you know, toenails on the tree dog. He mm-hmm. he, he wants to see the meat um, to his fall. He, he likes to be, you know, five, ten foot back. He's looking. Uh, he's going to timber. If the squirrel timbers, he's going to stick with it. You know, some guys hate that. Yeah, it can it can put me in a bind sometimes mm-hmm. uh, in, in a competition. But I, at the end of the day, I want him to stay with that squirrel. That's that's you know that's what it's all about. Um, but no, there are some hard tree, and I've had I've had some toenailed hard tree and puppies that you know that I end up selling. But uh, uh, I'd say a lot of them like to be back up off the tree. Um, but like I say, it's probably. I, I wouldn't say it's it's a lot up to the handler and how they trained them to and, and kept them. I I tried to fight that battle a little while with Bo, but then I mean he like I say he's he's so accurate and usually got the squirrel. It's like why fight it? You know, as long as he ain't going running out forty five feet past you know getting them a minus, then it don't matter. As long as he's at the tree and got the you know that accurate, I'm good with it. When you're training your young dogs, starting them or even now, do you ever tie your dogs off to the tree to where they'll stay put? Yes. I, I like to do that as, and that's what, like I say, where I hindsight now that I've had Bo, I, I realized I should have, I probably should have tied him up to every single tree, you know, and kept him a little tighter to the tree so we wouldn't get so loose. So yes, I like to, once they, those pups start tree and I like to tie them up and, and keep them. And, and I have, I got one pup that, uh, man, he, he, he fires out of there like a F-16 when you cut him loose and he trees wow. a fire squirrel, but he bark. Now I had to, once I get there and mark it up, mark the tree, you know, just make sure in case he leaves, because he's still a young dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I can leash him up to the tree and then he goes to barking like crazy. And, uh, he's just about to turn two and he still, he won't bark, uh, unless I leash him up. Wow. Okay. See, my dog is right. The opposite. He is very loose on the tree. Now, when I say that he doesn't necessarily leave the tree, but he, right. he, he gets really loose on the tree. Like it to the point that, I, I'm never competition, honey. But if I ever did, that would really that would affect him because he 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 likes to get away from the tree, get out from the tree, look at it. And but if yeah, I leash yeah. him to the tree, he just locks. He he'll just sit there and look at me. It's like yeah, okay, this is over, happen. you know. And I, I've tried to leave him there on the tree and encourage him, but it's like uh, it's like it's a different world to him. It's like okay, I'm on, and he he's in the kennel, so I don't I don't keep him on a leash. He's never been on, you know, as far being put up. He stays in the kennel, but if I leash him to a tree, he just locks down. Have you got to shoot squirrels out to him yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually, uh, when I, I got him, uh, uh, let's see, November last year, right around our deer season. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I shot uh, several out to him last year. Um, but Yeah, I've and, seen once you got to shoot squirrels out to him, they kind of stay looking up and stay barking. But, yeah. He does good. He does He does stay looking up. I just, uh, I guess what I'm trying to do is make him a, a harder tree dog than what he is, and it's probably going against his natural ability. Uh, probably better yeah, off to right. leave it alone, but and just let because he he really doesn't leave the tree. As a matter of fact, I'd never seen that or even tried that before. But uh, Shane, uh, your buddy Shane had a video on YouTube, and I think it was Traveler, um, where he he has a thing where he'll say in the hole, let's go. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. so yeah. I, I got to doing that with Chaco, and, and I would I would start toning him because 
when I first got him, I would have to pack him out away from a tree. You know, he did not want to leave the tree. So I, I would, oh man, I would pack him out and we, I would even take him, you know, at least 50 yards out and I would still have to try to tone him back. And so, uh, I finally got him broke from that. He just wanted to go back to that tree. Which yeah, I lot, think he more guys. He, uh, yeah, a lot he, more guys are fighting to try to keep the dog on the tree than yeah. they are, you know, off the tree. That's a good good problem to have. Yeah, he uh, he's he's doing great, and he I think uh, for a for a little feist dog, he likes to he really likes to use his nose. Um, but with the nose, I've noticed when he's on a tree and interested in it, if he's used his nose and winded it up, he will not bark at all. I don't know if it's just confidence; he can't figure it out. But he'll stay there with his feet on the tree and kind of look around, but he won't he won't really yeah. bark. We're we're working on that. Yeah, so a couple of those right right scenarios with a squirrel, he'll put it together. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this year because I think, uh, like I said, I, when when we walk in the woods now. It, uh, for the most part, everything that in Kentucky here, where I'm, I'm in South Central Kentucky. I'm just a county away from Tennessee. But for the most part, from what I've seen, man, we've got all the trees that we see are just loaded here. Whether it be hickory or walnut or acorn tree, I mean, it's we've had we've got a really good year. So I'm hoping that uh, I'm, I don't know how that what that means for the deer hunters, but uh, for the squirrel hunters, I believe that'll turn out okay. Yeah. You know, we were talking about different dog scenarios and stuff. Dogs turn out. Uh, older gentleman lives up up the road from me. I did some breeding with. He raises some Kimmer dogs too. The other day, he got a dog back from a client that he had sold a uh, puppy to seven years ago. Dogs live nothing but in the home. Hasn't ever been exposed to squirrels or the woods or anything. Well, the dog has separation anxiety and tore did like five thousand dollars worth of damage inside this house one day when they left it. Well, they were looking to get get rid of the dog. Seven years old, female. And uh, so he bought the dog, brought it home, fooled it a little bit. And that dog in three or four days was treeing yard squirrels. And you would think it's been hunting its whole life. Wow. It's just the genetics, you know, never forget. And uh, he's, he's since uh, gave it to another older gentleman who was needing a dog. And he's been sending me videos every day of that dog just on the wood, toenailed up, just barking its head off, sounds good, looks good. And you would never known that it had been in the house for seven years. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, a seven-year-old dog, I, I wouldn't have... Uh... I, myself, I probably wouldn't have bought that dog. <laughs> I wouldn't have given they it a chance. Say old dog, old dog, new tricks. But hey, that, and that, that just genetics. that just goes to show you. I know, and I have people since I started the podcast ask me all the time, and I I have to to take them back to the point that I, I that's one reason I started this is to learn. But uh, it really gives you confidence because I talk to a lot of people who don't own a dog yet, but they're interested in getting into it and have a lot of questions. But so much of it is just what we've talked about buying the pup keeping it and introducing it into the woods and making sure you know you're on the game and, and giving it that chance and I, I think as long as you're not just popping that neck with that collar every time they turn around and and doing too much correction i think you're better off just to let that dog hunt out and most of them uh, bloodline while it may not be to everything it is i think it's still important but most of them if they've got it natural it'll it'll come out sooner or later I'm sure it, and right. as we know it comes out sooner in some than it does in others, but uh, uh, I think we put too much, I know I do in the past, but too much emphasis on training, you know, and just figuring out what I've got to do to push this dog, but and, and less emphasis on just really getting him out there and hunting and, and, and you know, letting him learn as he goes. Yeah, Robert Kimmer's one of his famous sayings, uh, everybody brings up every so often is put that puppy in your pocket and take it with you everywhere you go and make it your best friend in law and it'll do anything you ask of it from there on. It's been true for the most part. And there's a lot. I, I don't think uh, it's a bad thing to, to, like you said, use a drag and, and or you even catch a caged squirrel. I've heard, uh, I can't remember what podcast it was, but the guy used a zip tie on a squirrel. He's got a trick. You may have heard the same yep. podcast and he, he put a zip tie. Now, I, I, I don't know if I could ever go that far. I don't think I would want to handle yes. the squirrel. But uh, several people squirrel on a string. Several people use that method, and it it, it works pretty good. Plant a squirrel, and as it hunts it up and fires up and runs up the tree, you know you got it on a you know keeps it up there about ten foot. And, oh yeah. You know you don't want to do that too many times. You know you, you get it fired up that one time, they kind of figure it out and let them know what they need to be doing. Then you you know you quit that. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. You, you can you know showing too many hang ups and. You know, you can get that dog using its eyes a little bit too much and not wanting to bark, creating bad habits. Other than running deer, is there anything that you correct your dogs on? Is there anything that you like, ah, that's not good, I don't want him doing that? Not really. And I really honestly don't, uh, if they're young and running deer, I don't mind it. You know, stretch mm -hmm. them out. Um, puppies here, I've got them, let them chase the deer. Heck, it gets them out from under my feet, I ain't staring at them, and, and teach them to get out there and hunt and follow a track. 
Now, once they've treated good and understand that they're a little older, mm-hmm. it, you, you know, dollars these days, you can you can take that out of them pretty quick. But uh, I don't do too much correcting on running deer uh, mm-hmm. when they're when they're young. Um, just other than you know, if a dog's smart enough and knows, you know, you've done correct collar training and stuff with it, you know, if they go to try to leave a tree, you can get it back on tree and give a little stimulation and stuff like that. But uh, not too much. I, you know, have to use a collar for. Now, when you have a dog pull off a tree. Do you, I guess it wouldn't be so much correction. How, how, how do you get him back on the tree? Do you use the collar for that? Or do you just, of course, I know you said you chain him to the tree now, but let's say you have one, um, that just does like my dog sits down or, or he's not doing what you want him to do. How do you, would be your situation for trying to bring him along in that? Yeah. Uh, and when I mean, leave a tree, I mean, leaving, he's done left, you know, 50, 60 yards and rolling out and, oh, okay. and just let complete the tree, you know, and, and you want to get that dog back to the tree. That's where. You know, if it's smart enough and he understands the collar and, and you, you know, then I might use some stimulation, put him back on the tree till he gets right back up on it and then mm-hmm. take that stimulation off. But, uh, I don't know. I, I've asked other people that question when he was talking about my dog and just trying to, trying to get him to bark on the tree. I didn't know if you ever had a situation like that or you just let that happen naturally where your dog. It seems like, you know, stimulation on any dog. Sometimes you get a soft dog and they can't handle correction and that's a that's a tough one to train i always said i, I want a dog i gotta try to take something out of you can't mm-hmm. put it into them so if i got that, a wild and crazy one that, that's what i want you know that's a good point that's a good point. A little hard-headedness is good to have but you know being smart enough to understand what that correction's about and understand your commands and stuff you know you got to do all that stuff i like to do that stuff in the yard uh, all those commands that's where i'll you know tone in and hear you know all that stuff and uh, get on the tree I'll, I'll do that in the in the in the yard and that way when mm-hmm. we go to the woods it's fun time you know and then if we need to make a correction you know uh, you, you have you can do it oh yeah yeah and i i think a lot of people mess up on that too and i even when i was coming up the little dog i had as a teenager of course back then we didn't do anything he was on a, a lead and a chain and had zero handle on him mm-hmm. but i figured out of course i when a far retired police officer i was a canine officer some and if it hadn't been for that i would have not learned a lot but that's helped me so much in your dog just having a good handle on him and listening to him no, or listening to your listening to you and that makes a huge difference even in training a puppy because you can start that at a very early age yeah and and a lot of times you get i'll get a lot of invites to go hunt some private property and it might not be a big track of land so me having a handle on my dog and being able to keep it on the property we need to be on and mm. you know that's a huge advantage and just you know for the safety aspect of dogs you know getting close to roads and and all that a lot of people don't like to have their dog on tone or anything but i'm all my dogs gonna be tone trained for sure oh yeah yeah, even even the feist dogs. I mean, no. If nothing else, I've got roads and things to worry about. But I, I want him. He don't he don't range up that far. But I still want him tone broke for a number of reasons. But uh, what what's the best dog you've been in the woods with? I'm always, I'm curious to ask that question. The, and all your hunting, what's the best dog you've hunted with? Man, I don't know that I've seen the best. I've been around a lot of really good dogs. It's just every dog has its day in the woods. I mean, mm-hmm. in these competitions, day in day out, it's. I've said it several times, you know, we schedule them, we put them on the calendar, we're going to go hunt that day. If you're mm-hmm. going to go out on pleasure hunt, you're going to say, ah, weather ain't good, squirrels ain't moving. Well, competition day, you know, weather's not going to always be in the favor of the squirrels. So, oh, yeah. So there's a lot of luck involved, and a lot of people say, oh, I don't believe in luck. Well, I, I've seen some luck involved in a lot of these competitions. You know, you get, one dog may be working just as good as the other one, but you go to three trees and you can't find a squirrel, and you go to this other dog, and, you know, he's legitimate making, you know, hot, good, squirrel tree you go to the dog he's got three squirrels on the on the uh on the outside you know i one one competition we had last year a guy was beating on the tree and then on the tree 20 yards away the squirrel come out of the hole of the opposite tree he was beating on you know and it's, that's luck to me you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i can't hardly beat one out of the hole in the one i'm beating on this one come out of a different tree so oh yeah it's uh, better be lucky than good and they i've always heard that yeah I, I mean i've hunted some with some really really good dogs in these competitions and a lot of my respect and you know kind of set the bar early on with what i kind of expected out of my dog yeah, there's so many really so many good squirrel dogs out there now that's every like I say every day one guy said last year our dogs are as good as any dog out there on on facebook or something just a lot of people don't promote their dogs on facebook as much as others but that's true that's a really good squirrel. do you do you still have Bo? yes yeah okay. Bo just yeah Bo will be five this month okay so how, how many dogs do you have in your kennel now i've got five okay five dogs. three three and uh, Bo and I got this dog that I call Cruz. That uh, man, I thought he was gonna be my like I say he's a hunting machine. He just 
he don't want to bark on tree and I've, I've kind of kind of put him to the side a little bit yeah. uh, i let a buddy hunt, hog hunt him and uh for a little while he, he'll bay hogs he'll he's kind of i call him meat dog deluxe now oh wow he's a fun little dog handles like a robot hunts 12 miles an hour all the time i mean got all the go you want that's i got five i got too many that's what i'm afraid of. You, you get get on facebook and you start watching all these puppies and all these really good litters and the guy that's gonna have the best dog is the one that spends the most time with it well you get too many dogs and you, you know you're not getting that dog as much time as you need to and that's yeah. what i'm kind of afraid of having with these three puppies i'm trying to well, how, how the heck am i gonna have enough time to keep Bo going and give the individual time to three puppies you know it's oh yeah it's tough. I don't. I don't know a lot about it, but I've heard stories about guys, you know, just leaving the, especially an older dog in the kennel for a year or maybe more, and taking it out, and it just picking up right exactly where it left off, if not better. Yeah, they don't. They don't forget the tree. Most of them don't. They might be a little rusty. It might be a little, you know, have a little few little quirks you got to work out, but they they typically don't forget the tree. So, do you start? Did you say earlier uh, when you had the bad weather? Do you start dogs for people? I kind of took on a few dogs uh, that were kind of already started and mm-hmm. kind of just try to polish a little bit, uh, just some local stuff. Uh, um, you know, nothing. Not, I, I said last year, I kind of just go, now especially I got, you know, a few puppies. I don't have the time to really mm-hmm. train anybody else's dog. That was stuff that was already going good. I didn't do yeah. nothing special with them, just exposed them. They, it might have been somebody that just didn't have many squirrels, and mm-hmm. I had squirrels. So, hey, I get a few knocked out to them. And, and I, I hear that. I hear that a lot. Just talk about, like you said, polishing them up. Now, again, don't give away no secrets. But what when somebody brings a dog to you, what what are they looking for, or what are you looking to do to that dog? Are you just hunting it and then seeing what <laughs> holes are in him, or, or what are you doing? Yeah, just see, see his, his style of hunting, you know, and just see what it what it needs. If it needs to be pushed more to hunt a little more, you know, or tightened up on the tree, or you know, just some of those little things. Mainly it's just getting that exposure to squirrels. It's been tough, like say the past couple of years, a lot of people just don't have time. That's, mm-hmm. you know, people, you hear people fussing about the price of squirrel dogs, but man, you, a man's time is, is worth, a, worth is. a lot of money these days. You know, sure the time, like I said, pups, if I put how many miles I've walked behind these pups, every pup I've owned and, and get them going, you, you underselling yourself for mm-hmm. the dog for sure. Oh yeah, and you were talking about um, getting a dog to hunt out, or I think maybe he needed to, to push him. What does that look like? How do you, how do you push a dog out? Are you using the collar for that? Or are you trying to encourage him? Or some dogs you can, you know, it depends on how smart the dog is. You might, I might can give him a, a nick and get ahead, you know, and throw mm-hmm. your hand up and tell him get out of here and uh, just keep pushing. Them. You know, if they come back check in, just push them. You know, mm-hmm. they're trying to look at a tree. You kind of know how ah, they're trying to make something. Just you know, push them off that tree and get them going. Uh, like Bo, you know, I had to work through stages. When we first started in the down thing, he kind of, he's, he's too smart. You know, a lot of these dogs know when them squirrels are moving. He knew when squirrels are moving. Mm-hmm. So when we first started, you know, he, he'd he go out there and make a big, huge loop, go out there seven, 800 yards and come back. If he, if he come back, I knew there wasn't squirrels moving. So it, mm-hmm. it, it took some, the next year, hunting them a lot in the middle of the day and yeah. keep pushing them to keep hunting, keep hunting, keep hunting. And eventually he learned he could make some den trees and finally, you know, find a squirrel somewhere. So there were some things there that I had to work through with him to keep him going to know, all right, hey, I know it's the middle of the day. I know there ain't, you know, going to be squirrels behind every tree. Or, so, you know, mm-hmm. get after it and find one. So, I mean, I've, I've picked them up as far as a mile, a mile and a half before, you know, still hunting. And, you know, give me some effort there. If we're going to lose, you know, but, hey, if the dog works as hard as he can, he stayed busy the whole hour and a half, I, mm-hmm. I'm proud of him, you know. Yeah. Do your, do your camera dogs, do they cut up the woods pretty good? Or are they a straight line dog when they go out? Or are they... Are they covering a lot of territory, or how, how do they hunt out? Yeah, I like I like mine to kind of quarter back and forth, you know. You know, they can hunt out. I like them to know. It's, it's funny how those dogs know where you're at, and you kind of watch them on that GPS. You might start kind of heading that way, and that kind of – you can watch them on GPS be out in front of you. That It's like they know. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine cut up the woods pretty good. I kind of – that's one of kind of both specialty. I can – man, I can look on my aerial photo on my – dog tree there and i can say man he needs to be right there in them woods and all of a sudden boy you'll see him he's good about cutting you know uh and i, I don't know if a lot of guys do it when i go into casting a dog or going to a hunt spot i'm taking in wind into consideration i'm looking all right i got north wind i can cut my dog loose right here and hunt into the wind the whole time that's when i when i'm going on a kill hunt that's when i'm kind of thinking about all right where's the wind where's squirrels how i can approach it you know you He's got it, like I say, he's got a big wind and nose, but he's good about that. Even if you don't, you go to a spot where you can't make that decision. He's good about looping in and 
get his his nose into that wind and he can he can win them squirrels pretty quick yeah well i just had a light bulb moment here because as much as i've deer hunted over the years i've never even considered the wind when i turn my dog loose until you said that that that's, I, that's a little uh, that's a little old hog hog dog hunting trick i've never thought about that but that makes total sense uh you know especially if you've got a dog like the camera dogs who you know he can wind them it sounds like from a pretty good long ways off yeah i mean we've we've cut dogs before i've you know un, unsnapped them and think he's gonna fire straight in and all of a sudden he's 180 degrees behind us and starts treating squirrels out of the fire. He's, he's done turn put the wind in his you know in his nose and mm-hmm. doing it that way and I, I hear a lot of this terminology, and uh, I'm not sure. Like a cold nose, obviously, is cold track. A hot, a hot track, a hot nose, or it sounds like most of the time he is. He's definitely a more of a hot nose because he's winding these squirrels when he's they are there. Got a, he's got a pretty hot nose, but he's got a cold nose when when nothing's moving. He mm-hmm. can he can make a den on a cold track, or like say them cold coon tracks are his kryptonite. Oh yeah. Uh, if yeah. nothing, squirrels aren't moving. He comes across a cold coon track. He's he's gonna he's gonna dig on it for a little while. That's interesting. But, uh, yeah, a lot of these cameras, these cameras are so, so, so versatile. I mean, these, they're using them on mountain lions, bears. Um, there's a guy I just discovered, I knew of it, but I discovered he had a little Facebook page. You might look him up. Uh, I think it was called Dogging with Levi. And he's using these cameras as coyote decoy dogs. They run out there. He'll start to call her. They sit next to him. They see the coyote coming in. They run out there and meet and greet the coyote. And, and they dance and bring that coyote in closer and he shoots them. Wow. <laughs> you ever seen that i have never seen that so look, the dogs are trained to go out here and, and guys i guess tease this coyote yep yep decoy dogs wow yep. look uh, dogging with levi he's he's got some cameras he's doing with and there's several other people that do it but yeah it's it's pretty neat for a, to te- be able to teach a dog to run out there and bring a coyote in closer i mean it's yeah. they'll run if those coyotes take off going away from them those dogs will run at them kind of almost get almost to them and turn around and they'll make that coyote chase them well, I, back. It's, it's, I would like to see the technique to teach us that. That blows my mind. Hit that guy up because I'd like to. I'd like to listen to his his story. Um, I get some going. To, I've, I've seen other YouTube videos, of, but I just kind of discovered him with the cameras and, yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's pretty I neat thought, to watch. Uh, training a squirrel dog would be difficult, but I've got a feeling that's got a little more to it than that. Yeah, uh, they're pretty pretty smart. That's amazing, and he uses the camera curves for that. Yeah, that's what he's using. Yep. Wow. Yep. Like I say, there's a lot of uh, guys up in uh, the northwest there that are using for lions and uh, bear. A lot of a lot of people hunt with bear. And I think Robert Kimmer actually started out with like hog and bear with his Kimmers. It's kind of where he was, uh, what he's known for early on. Pretty pretty versatile dogs. Wow. A lot of coon, a lot of coon hunters. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, Jared, man, I appreciate your time. If you don't care to stay on here, uh, we've took up a whole hour talking about squirrel dogs. I feel like that's pretty good. Hopefully you guys picked up something that you can use when you go into the woods coming soon. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in and be sure to tune in next week. we got another great guest on the way. Guys, thanks for listening. Please take time to follow me on Facebook and Instagram and tune in next week for another show with Treat Up Podcast.